of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you, dear? Tell me. He came to me. He opened a thing in his arms, and he made me drink. I bid you welcome. Sorry, I had to start this episode with those lines. I'm sorry. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another installment of Monster Movie Madness here at Wonder Soul, where it's spooky soul season. So most, if not all, of the episodes this month of October uh, have been scary, horror, Halloween-themed uh all capping off with our second annual Wonder Horror special that will be dropping before Halloween. So, anyways, this is our Monster Movie Madness miniseries where we have been talking about the uh, classics, the old Universal Studios monsters. Uh, we've talked about the Wolfman, the Invisible Man, and the last episode was The Mummy. So if you haven't heard those episodes, uh, I think you would enjoy them. I hope you enjoy this one. This one is a personal favorite of mine. Um, and then just to let you guys know, after this episode, we will have one more super deluxe edition of uh, Monster Movie Madness here at Wondersoul, uh, where we will be covering Frankenstein and the sequel, The Bride of Frankenstein. So that should be a really fun episode to do. Um, but today we are talking about the legend, the the myth, the one who in a lot of ways started it all and just a superb movie from start to finish. We are talking about Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, no, not the book that came out in 1897 and no, not the uh, 1992 movie that had like Gary Oldman and all that nah and Keanu Reeves actually yeah um <laughs> no we're just talking about the 1931 horror classic that really started it all for vampires Dracula starring Bela Lugosi this is one of my personal favorites so uh where I will critique here and there um these reviews or episodes aren't really about uh, uh, taking apart these films but you know obviously <laughs> talk about certain flaws and stuff like that but this is just one of those classics that i have always enjoyed and have watched so many times 
And each time that I sit down and watch this film, whether it's uh, you know for the October holiday season or just just because uh, it's that good of a movie in my opinion, um, I always enjoy myself and I always enjoy it from start to finish. And it all starts with Bela Lugosi, like his depiction of Dracula is superb it's basically what became the stereotype for dracula in the future and even vampires as far as some of the uh things that we learn about vampires and and what it takes to uh combat a vampire like dracula whether it's um what crucifixes garlic uh you know we learn a lot of the lore about how they can't be in uh, sunlight and how they feed off of the blood of the living and just they can turn into vampire bats and all this cool stuff. And, you know, I think that Bella just does a great job uh, throughout the whole film. Like when he's coming off as trying to fit in or uh, friendly even in the beginning with Mr. Renfield like those scenes are just uh perfect uh he is a a man who actually doesn't know or didn't know much english and so you know it just you have to give an actor or, or anyone uh so much respect for doing something like that and 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 in such a environment and, and using tools like language that are unfamiliar to you and, uh, you know, he just knocks it out of the park. And that's where that accent comes from. Because I think he's from, like, Hungary or something like that. Uh, you guys let me know. Fact check me. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he just has this look to him. You know, like, all the, all the ladies said he was, like, seductive as hell. He had this, like, just swagger to him. Even just Dracula in this film, his whole setup, his whole look just has this like very confident and just very um i don't know stern yet professional and 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 like a gentleman from an an old european town like it's just so perfect and i think that's why that look and that performance just you know traveled through time and it is still what we think of when we think of uh dracula so i mean you gotta give him props for not only uh, bringing a strong performance that obviously is timeless and, and has lasted for so many years, but also providing a lot of um, what we know today to be Dracula and vampires. And doing that and being the one of the first people to do that, you know, everybody since then has been able to feed off of his portrayal of what a vampire or even Count Dracula should be. So definitely legendary. Uh, when he is intimidating, like when he is about to go at your neck or anything, like you get these really spooky scenes when um, he's like staring right at the camera and the the like there's darkness all around him but then his eyes are just like glowing in the dark it is just ooh bone chilling because this guy he has so many different layers to him you know he's he's a villain with personality you know um the monster is just the monster the wolfman you know as much as there's this duality split personality uh feature to that 
he's really just a wild beast. The mummy, he does have personality. He does talk, and he has like intelligence to the degree uh, where he's plotting and scheming, and he has his own motives and stuff. I get that. And the Invisible Man, even, you could throw that in. But he's just a normal guy that kind of went crazy, so that kind of plays off of a different fear but to have something like a vampire be so seductive um so i don't know irresistible as far as personality and looks alone you know to everybody you know they would say when bella lugosa or lugosi would be on set like everybody just kind of turned their heads and everybody just like he drew everyone's attention and he does that on the screen and, um, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up about this uh, movie as as far as the others. Now, monsters are villains, obviously, but this one really had a, uh, a villain vibe. Like, we felt like there were heroes, like Van Helsing. Uh, this is also a really cool uh, film in the aspect that we get Van Helsing versus Dracula, pretty much. And uh, they, they, you know, they have these witty conversations and it's kind of like a chess match between Count Dracula and Van, Hans, uh, Van Helsing. My bad. Um, and I've always enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed their dialogue. Uh, I've always enjoyed Van Helsing. Uh, I, I can't remember the, the actor's name, uh, but he was also in a couple other films. Um, of the Universal Studio Monsters, but he has this kind of look and how he kind of holds himself and he has his arms kind of like uh, bent and hovering and he kind of lurches back a little bit and he has his little glasses and he just, you know, he, he figured out Dracula pretty quick and he'll even have these, uh, you know, he'll call out Count Dracula on it. And Dracula pulls up on him <laughs> uh, at, at later in the movie. He's like, Van Helsing, you know, you know what I am. Like, now I have to kill you. And he's like, oh, really? Man, I already know your weaknesses, man. And we're going to kill you. And we're going to save this girl. It's just like one of those cool uh, moments in these movies. And that's something about this movie. There's two things. Um, the story is a classic. Okay. This story is more interesting and more memorable. As far as these other ones, um, you know, The Mummy was slow-paced. I've already talked about that. Go listen to that episode for more in-depth. But, you know, compared to Dracula, even though they're similar in a lot of different ways, the pacing in this story is better. And it just it, it starts right from the beginning, and it doesn't stop until it's over. And I've enjoyed that. The vibe... The, the scenery, the locations. Even though I praise uh, all of the movies that we've talked about for the atmosphere, I think that this one really sets a really dark gothic tone. And with like the um, the buildings and the and the settings as far as going over into Transylvania and just all the fog. Fog in these movies is just a must. You've got to have fog. <laughs> it just it adds a whole nother level of eeriness of creepiness and it makes you question what you're you're seeing and and like every monster can pretty much just hide in the fog so fog's a must but the story is just enjoyable i mean yes this is based off of a book like we mentioned bram stoker's dracula uh 1897 and this is you know um 30 plus years after that and uh, the one of the first 
uh, depictions of it on the screen. You know, I, I think they've had plays and different things like that. But, you know, it, it, they're, it, they're different, the stories from the book and, and this movie. Obviously, I think every depiction of um, a property, like, a, a, you know, like when they take a novel and make it a movie or a TV show, it, it, you're always going to have things that I don't know if they don't translate on the screen or they just don't work for certain purposes. I don't know. I mean, this is still like, what, 1931? So I know that there are certain things that maybe because of the technology at the time they couldn't do. But they do a good way of just um, showing such creepy scenes and, and angles and, and, and showing us, the audience, um, more things that leave our imagination to fill in the blanks. I like that. I like that in these movies. Like they might have thought of it as flaws or, or shortcomings, but I think it really just plays into like, yo, how did Dracula get through those cobwebs? Like when you first see him up in the uh, the castle, like he walks uh, up the stairs and you see in the background a bunch of cobwebs, but somehow he gets through them without, you know, actually walking through them so you're like whoa but we don't see that and we know that like in today's world (laughs) when it comes to movies uh it probably would have been shown but it would have been like some i don't know goopy cgi (laughs) so i'm kind of you know i appreciate that i respect that i like that it really adds to the vibe of the whole film and like i said story it's a classic um, I just really enjoyed the atmosphere in this movie. Um, you know, Wolfman just kind of takes place in like, you know, your regular old village town slash, you know, backwoods area with fog swamps and stuff like that. Um, you know, and then the Invisible Man ha- doesn't really have a creepy vibe as far as location and setting. And the Mummy, you know, I don't think many people think Egypt is like a scary thing. Uh, you know, so I think this one really gives you like the Halloween spooky, creepy, you wouldn't catch me alone in that castle. Uh, you know, (laughs) just a bunch of different things that I think it just does better than all these other ones. Now, when we get to Frankenstein, that does a good job. And I think there's a good mean balance there when you get the laboratory and that, that castle set up that they have, uh, in that film. And we'll talk about that. And, um, but here's the thing. Um, you have, like I said, the, the hero-villain aspect of the story. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, Van Helsing versus Dracula. And we don't really get that. You know, it's just like the town is like, hey, we need to go against the Wolfman. There's a werewolf out there killing people. Um, the Invisible Man, he makes everybody his enemy. You know, this feels like it's contained. And, you know, if it wasn't for Van Helsing... You know what would Dracula have done? Once you know, once he actually did get to, I think they're in London, or somewhere over there, and um, you know, it's just kind of like this versus throughout the whole film, and I like that. Uh, it's not just like a, oh, everybody's mad like at the monster and Frankenstein. Like I don't know, Van Helsing does a good job to fill in for like a, our hero, our our protagonist, because everybody else is kind of like defenseless support characters that could go at any moment (laughs) so um and that's the thing about this film okay memorable scenes and memorable lines uh out of all of these movies i think dracula and frankenstein 
definitely top two when it comes to most like memorable lines and most repeated you know lines like it's alive and you know i bid you welcome oh you know uh, what sweet music they make and all those kind of lines a lot of that comes from these couple films um looking back there's only a couple things from the previous films that we've talked about that really stick out uh as far as dialogue um a lot of that comes from the wolfman um and who knows like i've told you guys i've watched dracula so much so maybe that's why the dialogue sticks out more but i I just like to think that it's just set up really well and it's just you know just adds to the fact that it's a good movie and um but there's like just like i said from start to finish something going on you know we're introduced to dracula pretty quick and he's in this movie a lot and i like that you know with um lon chaney and the wolfman you know it's kind of 50 50 with uh the mummy it's like i don't know i would say 60 40 70 30 i think somewhere in there um and then with the invisible man i mean we get a lot of him but you know i don't know he's creepy in a like he's crazy way you know but he's you know he's he doesn't pose this like very like ooh if i saw him in the dark well you probably wouldn't see him because he's the invisible man jeez i know my bad but there's just a lot of memorable scenes and lines in this movie and the starting is great i think that's what really reels you in in a lot of these older films where they're not in 4k (laughs) they're not even in color uh, you know, for today's audiences, I think the, the 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 film Dracula does a really outstanding job playing with uh, our curiosity as an audience. Like we are introduced to this very spooky setting with a, a carriage and mountains, and then we get to this castle, and then the village people are like, "You don't want to go up there at night." You know, all this all this good setup, and and then we get to Dracula, and the spooky things start happening immediately. You know, and it just, it's one of those films that just is so memorable. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, I I love my favorite, my real favorite scenes in this movie are the ones in Transylvania. And there's certain things about like the 1992 movie that we mentioned at the beginning with like Gary Oldman, where I really like a lot of that. Like, that's a really good movie. I have it right here next to me on VHS. It's poised more of a love story. Uh, but the performances are fucking great. Keanu Reeves, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Wyona Ryder, and Gary Oldman. I mean, come on, man. Like, I always used to see this case uh, at, like, the Blockbuster or VHS store, like, movie gallery and stuff. Three win- A winner of three Academy Awards. Wow okay so yeah no this is also a good modern take on it and they add a lot more it's very spooky um and the cover's got that really cool dracula like gargoyle statue and uh just the dracula font is really dope just a fantastic movie so those are like my two favorite vampire movies and dracula movies um but i think that you know i didn't even put two and two together when i first saw that movie that gary oldman is dracula but he does a really good job and he has this really cool backstory in this awesome armor where it's like this red like weird uh, medieval armor that you just have to see just the cinematography is just fantastic but my favorite will always be the 1931 bella lugosi and his 
amazing depiction of this character for the time. And I mean, he was in other roles after this, but like, you know, these actors in, in, in that moment probably didn't understand or could, could see that this role and this performance was going to impact people years from then. Like, think about it. We're in 2019 talking about a 1931 movie. And it holds up today for what it is. There's something about, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes, the the aesthetic, the black and white, you know, uh, film, the the vibe that it puts off, the atmosphere, the practical effects, um, the sets, the um, the music, the score, the lack of music, really just the silence. You know, it really just builds a eerie vibe and it, it really does well when we have moments of suspense and moments of just tense, oh shit, what is this? What am I looking at? You know, especially at the time, it was like the first kind of movies that were testing the boundaries with audiences and that's why they made such a huge impact back in the day. So... Yeah, that's that's really going to be all that I think I want to talk about when it comes to this film. Uh, like I said, giving a villain a monster personality and, and giving us this, this seductive performance by Bella Lugosi just really is a recipe for a fantastic, frightful classic of horror uh, with 1931 Dracula. Uh, I mean, it, it's just there's something about that. That's why I like like Freddy Krueger. That's why I like those kind of horror icons, because there's something about them luring you and almost having certain attributes or personality traits that you know could seduce you into thinking that they're not that bad or something. I don't know. You guys, let me know how you feel. It's just something about being deceived. Like, when you see certain monsters, you know right away. There's not a doubt in your mind, like, this is a bad dude. Or whatever it is. Like, I'm getting out of here. But when you have someone like Dracula pull up on you, you're just like, this is just a well-dressed guy. And for some people, that may not, may not work. Um, I understand that. And there's even a lot more scenes, like in the 1992 version, where... You get him kind of turn into a werewolf or a wolf of some sort, and that's freaky. And even like when he turns, like his, there's different versions of the vampire Dracula in that version of the uh, of the story. Um, and I like that. But you know, Bela Lugosi, he doesn't change into anything. Yeah, he's a bat, but we all know it's like a bat on the strings. And they do mention like, oh, what's that? And it's like a wolf. And he turns into a wolf. I don't get that about the lore about vampires. If, if anybody knows more about that, let me know. Um, <laughs> but other than that, let's get to our rating, okay? Now, and I, and I weighed this on my mind, rewatching it again. And knowing that we still haven't sat down and talked about Frankenstein and The Bride of Frankenstein. And those are two films that I'm going to score, you know, separately. And it's not going to be one group thing. Um, but this is a 10 out of 10 for me. This is like one of my personal favorites, like top five for sure. If you were to ask me, what are your favorite horror movies? This is up there. This is definitely one of my favorites. So, but 
you know, maybe for general audiences uh, who want to try out these classic horror films, I th- I still think that they would find it being somewhere close to a nine. I mean, just from the pacing, the story, and the aesthetic, everything about it. I think it's just Bella Lugosi and uh, his performance are just top notch. And I, even though like these other films are great. And they always, no matter how really good or how bad they are, will always hold a strong place in my heart, especially during the Halloween season. But man, I'll tell you, uh, Dracula is just one of the one of the goats. It's one of the greatest of all time. Okay, so that's my rating um, for the movie Dracula, starring Bela Lugosi, nineteen thirty one, and that's it for episode one hundred twenty seven. Uh, like I said. Our next installment is going to be a double deluxe super edition of Monster Movie Madness. We will be talking about Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. So expect that right before Halloween. And uh, depending on when you hear this episode, um, you know, try to watch uh, Dracula for sure and everything else that we talked about. But, you know, if you want to watch Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein before hearing our new episode, that would be awesome. And, uh, yeah, tell me what you guys think about this episode and what you thought of the movie Dracula, if you've already seen it or if you're hearing this after checking it out. Um, did I leave anything out? Let me know so I can get that out to everybody. And other than that, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying your October. I hope you guys are getting into the Halloween spirit, especially with the help of Wondersoul and all of the content that we've been putting out that's spooky-themed. And still got a handful left for you, so uh, can't wait. And I have been enjoying going down memory lane with these Universal Studio classics. And I hope you have too. And if you haven't seen any of these films, um, hey, go check them out. These aren't really spoiler-type discussions, I guess. Um, I try to leave out as much as possible, so... Try to go enjoy those and share those with a friend and uh, share Wondersoul with a friend. And uh, until the next time that we talk, do good and take care. Thank you for listening to Wondersoul. Connect with the podcast through social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wondersoul. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wonder Soul hopes you have yourself a good day. <laughs>